With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. <laughs> We're live, pal. You can- well, no one's watching because we didn't tweet it out. <laughs> investigate, AK, investigate. I'm speaking, I'm speaking for no one right now. <laughs> well, for those of you who are here, welcome <laughs> to the final post-fight show of 2020. UFC Vegas 17 in the books. And it capped off with Wonderboy Thompson, vintage Wonderboy, sweeps the scorecards, defeats Jeff Neal, unanimous decision and with that the 2020 calendar year for the ufc has come to an end and we're going to talk all about it right now thanks for joining us one last time i am mike peck being joined by alex kaylee i know he's busy right now jose young's is multitasking as well and e casey lyden producer extraordinaire i'm just just a cup of coffee he's got sleeves now yeah it's cozy (laughs) got his randy's donuts sweatshirt on just making life look grand but uh casey let's begin you, with you oh, one question first casey do you have a randy's donuts shirt on because you like randy's donuts or because he lives next to you a little of both why not okay that's a good answer it's right down the street i can throw a rock at it on story before we get into the fight talk like my dad's uh one of my dad's uh like employee like co-employees uh his name is randy and had a randy's donuts poster on his wall for 20 years and i thought it was a fictional place until the first time i ever went to la ah i like it. destiny everything comes full circle in this in this crazy life of ours but uh casey let's begin with you since we got some multitasking going on amongst the uh the diagonals over here stephen thompson a lot of people i've been seeing turn back the clock this is vintage vintage wonder boy and one thing i did want to mention is this is like a tale of two cards the last couple of weeks. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was last week we were writing obituaries, so to speak, for JDS and Jacare Souza. This week we got Jose Aldo and Steven Thompson coming through with huge wins. So for, before we get to the people, because you guys are going to dictate all of this since it's the last one we're doing in 2020, your thoughts overall on Thompson's performance to, to cap off the night and the year, Casey? 
Oh, and the year. Wow. That's a, that's a big question. Uh, <laughs> uh, for the night, though, uh, 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 the main event, um, yeah, Steve Wonderboy Thompson. I was super impressed. Um, I picked Neil to win this fight. I thought his aggression and being in the small cage, I thought that would be a big advantage to him. And, man, Wonderboy was just... He was very impressive. I mean, he, he got, you can tell he got, he did get caught up in the small cage a couple of times. He tripped a little bit. He, you know, he, every time he took, pretty much every time he took a big shot, it was because he just ran out of room to go back. And, um, but man, just he, he still got his reflexes. He still hits hard enough to, you know, to threaten, for, for it to be a significant threat. Um, he's still tough as heck. He had that big cut in his face. His knee was all blown up or something. And like, and there were moments in that fight where I go, oh, okay, this is the part. This is the part where Stephen Wonderboy, he go, everything goes downhill. It just, it just never happened. Twenty five minutes, and um, man, just great performance, vintage Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And man, well, there are a lot of high fives in that. Oh my god, I think that was like, <laughs> oh, let's, oh yeah, okay, yeah. All the punching and kicking was great. There must have been, okay, that had to be the most high fives ever in a fight. I don't know who, I don't know who does that. Those sign, those significant strikes for high fives, but that was a. I, I felt like Bisbing was about to kind of flip over his chair. Actually, I felt like <laughs> I felt Neil was so annoyed at every high five and every time he hugged. Like I think at the beginning of the fifth round, um, Thompson came out for a hug, and Jeff Neil just went like, "Oh, really, man? Let's do this afterward." <laughs> it was great. AK, you I believe you picked Jeff Neil to win this fight as well. I believe in our MMA oh. fighting staff picks contest. Oh, did I? It came down. Tip. It came down to you and uh, you and Guillerme, and Guillerme yeah. comes out on top once again. <laughs> Jeff the Neal? Brazilian beef. What? Je- what? Mike Jeff Neal by decision? What? That doesn't sound like something I would do. What are you talking about? That's that's the only I, insane person I, would think that uh, Jeff Neal would win a would win a, a point battle against against Stephen Wonderpoint. Who would who would predict that? People do not go to MMAfighting.com and check out the UFC Vegas 17 predictions. Uh, don't, just don't bother. It doesn't doesn't matter. It's in the past. Who cares about predictions at this point? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think obviously anyone who's sane knew that, like anyone who's sane and has any credibility would know that if it went to a decision, Stephen Thompson was gonna win it. So, I mean, I don't even know what we're talking about here. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, look, uh, the cliche, lo- lo- there's levels to this. And uh, Neil, man, I-, I thought after the first round, I, I was like, He's got four more rounds to figure it out. He did not figure it out. And uh, Stephen Thompson looked fantastic. Like he was just pushing the pace the entire fight, just picking him apart. And other than the uh, whatever, uh, might have something going on with his knee, his right knee in the uh, in the final rounds, he really never looked like he was in danger. So, yeah, great stuff. We said there's also this vintage, whatever cliches you want to throw out there. They definitely apply to what uh, Stephen Thompson did in the main event tonight. Jose, what did you think? And, and one of the things that kind of stuck out to me was Casey talked about Jeff Neal sort of being frustrated about the high fives. I think he was frustrated by a lot of what Wonder Boy was doing in there. There were definitely flashes where he like turned his back and had a group because he was just like, oh my God, like I cannot hit this guy. And every time I throw a shot, he literally hits me 15 times in a row. So obviously Wonder Boy, great performance for him, but for Jeff Neal, he's got to take a ton away from this fight, is he not? Yeah, I mean, it's it was what Wonderboy Thompson does. It's like watching Steven Thompson frustrate his opponent is like watching Damian Maya frustrate his opponent. You know what he's going to do, and you've seen it a million times, and you can say you've planned for it as much as you want, but it's two masters of their craft that have been doing it their entire lives, and you've probably been training uh, in this – you've been focusing on this very specific uh, path to victory that your opponent lays out for probably like what, at most eight weeks – uh, so yeah, it's 
Jeff Neal is probably taking is for sure taking taking a lot away from this. He didn't get finished. Uh, he got completely outclassed. But as we've heard a thousand times, you learn you learn the most in your losses. Uh, I've never fought Wonderboy Thompson. I probably never will. So I can't say what it's like <laughs> to lose to Stephen Thompson. But it's got to be just a demoralizing experience. And I have a feeling that Jeff Neal is gonna his next opponent is probably gonna get decapitated, uh, just as Jeff Neal uh, unleashes all his frustration out at once. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back. And I hope Wonderboy didn't seriously hurt his knee because this guy has had a hard time over the last few years getting out of a fight, win or lose, without some sort of injury that either requires surgery or, you know, some sort of gnarly thing that keeps him out of action for a little while. And just when Wonderboy starts to really get back on track and momentum shifts, Something always happens coming out of these fights, whether he breaks one hand or both hands and now a knee injury. Hopefully it's just a bruise and something he can get through really quickly so he doesn't. we don't have to wait till December of 2021 to see him again. So we'll keep our eye on that. Uh, but at this point, let's just go right to the people. Let's go right to the peeps. It's your show. It's the final post-fight show of 2020. It's the holiday spirit. I'm feeling very generous. Have some earlier. Real quick, what were the bonuses? Oh. Uh, all three finishers. So is Jimmy Flick, mm-hmm. Marcin Tybora, Rob Font, mm-hmm. and then Stephen Wonderboy Thompson got himself a bonus. There you go. So there you go. 50 G's for Wonderboy. Upstate Karate, rejoice. The rare bonus for uh, a fighter winning by decision, which should become more frequent, by the way, but <laughs> they had no choice. So they, they gave it to someone who won by decision tonight. But I'd, we'd all like to see that more often, I think. Is somebody washing dishes? I hear they did. Oh, hi. Is that you? <laughs> All right. I don't know what's happening right now. So I saw the question. Uh, Jose, we'll start with you because me and AK will, will be discussing this on, on to the next one. What is next for Wonderboy after his big win tonight? Um, well, in this perfect world, Stephen Thompson's knee is fine. And it was just like, a, I don't know, some sort of freak nerve damage. And he doesn't have to sit on the shelf for another year. But until that happens, my fingers are going to be crossed because I don't want someone of Stephen Thompson, Thompson's skill and uh, age uh, to be out for that long again. Uh, so he called for the Leon Edwards fight. I doubt that happens because I'm sure the UFC wants to book him against uh, Hamza Shamaya, but maybe they want uh, Stephen Thompson to stay ready just in case there's another COVID situation that happens and he could slide in against Shamaya or Leon Edwards. I know he called out Masvidal. I can almost guarantee you that won't happen. Not because Masvidal wouldn't take the fight, but just, well, Masvidal has told a lot of people, including myself and Pizza Carroll, when he interviewed him, we interviewed him at his Requerdo launch party that he wants to rematch Damian Maya. He wants to rematch Stephen Thompson. He wants to rematch everyone uh, that's beaten him. But at this point in Masvidal's career, I think he's still looking for those big money fights, which is, of course, the Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman, uh, the Nate Diaz fight. So I know Masvidal would take it at some point. It's probably right now. So um, I don't know. It's a good question. Um, off the top of my head, the welterweight division is like like we said at the preview show. Like we were talking about what Stephen Thompson was fighting for, he's pretty much going to be the most act, the only active welterweight in like in, in the in that upper echelon right now. So stay ready, see what happens, get your knee figured out. But I don't really have a name for him off top off, off the top of my head, just because there's so many fights that have to happen first. I was going to you, Casey. You know what? It's not my answer. It's from our YouTube uh, commenter, Sandy Pham. BMF versus NMF. Yeah, that's what... Um, 
That's those. That's verbatim what, what Wonder Boy said on his post-fight interview. He yeah. said at BMF and MF. So that's yeah. I'm cool with that. I just don't think Masvidal will take it right now. What does Masvidal to take then? Um, well, they said Colby. They said he thinks they're just angling some sort of fight with Colby. Colby. Yeah, something like that, which yeah. makes a lot of sense. Uh, I I enjoyed the call out. I thought it uh, one. It's a very winnable fight for Thompson, which we know because he's won it before. Um, so that's why I'm not sure how inclined people would be to watch it again. Though it was three years ago, so I think for a lot of people, you know, they have the attention span of like 18 months. So maybe maybe it'll seem like a fresh matchup for people. Maybe Masvidal's better than he than he was then. You know, he's definitely a much bigger star than he was then. So I understand the appeal of it. Um, I'm not I'm not against that matchup. Uh, I'm just I'm just glancing at the rankings, uh, sort of my own rankings right now. I, I think the Masvidal fight is likely uh, because, like we said, we don't know if um, how long Wonder Boy could be out. Hopefully, nothing serious with his right leg, but it could be like till the summer, right? We don't know. And by then, Masvidal could be free, um, and the whole division could look very different. Another possibility, another guy who just cannot get a fight, I think is ready, Ponzinibbio. I think I think Thompson and Ponzinibbio. What, what, why, why do you shake your head, Casey? Is Ponzi Nobi, is he's he, not even ranked. Is he, is he even in the UFC? Like, when is the last time he fought? He should be. Why is he not ranked? He should be. How long has he been out for? He's not. Almost, I think almost he's, two years now. Yeah. Two, so so you're, you want Ponzi Nebio over a Masvidal rematch? Or are you just throwing out? I'm just saying we've seen we've seen the Masvidal fight. Yeah, I, mean, sure, I think uh, Masvidal so? fight is them. I'm pretty sure Ponzinibbio is tied to a fight against uh, the Leech, and he's down yeah. for it. According to Guillermo Cruz. Oh, okay. So that, okay, wait, wait. Did we report on this? Is, it's just a rumor. This is a rumor. Okay, I like that matchup. Uh, the other one is I don't know what's going on with this guy, but uh, Nate Diaz. To take to take away the nicest mf'er of the championship, <laughs> Nate, yeah, Nate exactly the other night, yeah, the other nicest mf'er, Nate, Nate Diaz, of course, known for his. What about um? Yeah. Who's Michael Diaz of fighting? Uh, he is fighting somebody. I don't know who it is, but Kiss said Penn has gotten the paper, and he's very excited for the fight. So, I don't know. My guess would be Damian Meyer, Neil Magny. Those would be my yeah. two my two thoughts. Yeah, we'll I like the Maya one. I like the Maya one uh, a lot. You know, too classy, too classy gentlemen, nice clash of styles. I can't even imagine how the fight would look. Su- such a clash of styles, but uh, you know, you kind of like to see that. It's extreme grappler yeah, for six up to these so. days. He's fights everyone. He's wanted the Shamaya fight for I'm like sure six months. Yeah. He'd oh, love he the Wonder that. Boy fight. So would Kesa. Yeah. I, like, I don't know how, how much Wonder Boy would want to fight Kesa or or um what about uh, you know, Neil, it makes uh, no Maggie sense. It, it makes no sense ranking wise, but maybe age wise. What about a fight against Condit? Yeah, I think that's cool. I think these are the kind of fights that that Wonder Boy should be going again, for right now. The guy UFC doesn't make fights that people want, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, now that we've said it, now that we've said it, uh, mm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like, Wonder. I can tell you right now, Wonder Boy is pissed he had to take this fight. Yeah. With Jeff Neal. Mm. He was not happy. You guys, yeah, everyone's throwing on these opponents that are way behind him in line. And with Wonder Boy's age and everything, I only see a Masvidal fight or Leon Edwards fight. Someone within one rank of him or above Mm -hmm. him. I just... Those are the ones that would make him happy. Yeah, I can, I can't, yeah, yeah, Wonder Boy's age. And like, come on, he was actually, Wonder Boy's actually talking crap and, you know, calling people out now because he's so desperate to get those fights. So, um, I mean, as cool as, you know, fighting Cardis Condit or Ponzinibbio would be, because I just, you know, of course we want to see them fight. 
I just think we have probably only what three, three maybe, maybe three fights for Wonderboy left at a on a big stage in his in his the stage in his career. So um, well, listen, listen, Casey, I've uh, I've no got more. a prediction. I've got a I've got a running prediction that uh, one of these gentlemen, one of these brothers, is going to end up fighting inside the octagon. Maybe not in 2021, but if they do in 2021, why not have the classy Stephen Wonderboy Thompson welcome Jake Paul? to the UFC. Maybe maybe that's oh, the big money fit. I did it. I'm just getting out of the way early. I'm just getting out of the way early. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Uh, Thompson himself did address it during media day and said those guys talking all this crap is ludicrous. He's he he can't I think he's he can't believe that. I mean, so many fighters are even responding to these call outs. Uh, the word he used was they don't deserve. They don't deserve to even be in discussion with some of these great MMA fighters. Uh, they are not they are not worthy is the other word he used. So I don't know. He probably would not want to do it unless unless one of the policies guarantee a fat paycheck for him, uh, you know, a fat bonus. But otherwise, I, again, I'm just, I, I don't know what fight, like you guys said, maybe Masvidal um, is the one that he called for. Maybe that's the only fight he, that would really make him happy right now because otherwise he yeah, has a lot of less appealing options for him as far as, the, as far as what he wants. What if you saw a video of Jake Paul driving by a, a, a Steve Wonderboy oh, yeah. karate school and he's throwing water yep. balloons at Steve that Wonderboy? Dad. Yeah, his dad. And, and Wonderboy's like, oh. I'll ah, you in the octagon. Uh, we got some really good angle. Thank goodness we had all these cameras <laughs> yeah. around and got all these angles oh, of that uh, water. Job. <laughs> Darn it! Did we get good audio on this? Hello, check, check. <laughs> Wonder Boy would uh, Wonder Boy would get on the, the upstate karate bus with a bunch of dodgeballs. Like that's just how he would grab. He'd turn into like a dodgeball match. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I we'll see. I, I, I like that. I took it there. I took it there. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, John Degnan, the Murano fight was Pettis' last fight in his UFC contract. What are the chances that Pettis tries out free agency? Maybe head over to Bellator and join his brother. AK, your thoughts on this. Did, do you believe that we saw Anthony Pettis compete in the octagon for the final time tonight? Oh, why you have to phrase it like that? Because, uh, I, I mean, answering the original question, I do think it's a super high chance that he uh, talks. He's definitely probably already spoken to Bellator. Uh, so that I think the talks are there. I'm sure Bellator, some hush-hush negotiations. It just makes a lot of sense for him. Look, uh, Donald Cerrone, his fight before this one, that was the first time he rematched someone that he'd already fought in the UFC. So I'm not counting Benson Henderson, of course. They fought WC and UFC. Cerrone is the first guy he fought twice in the UFC. Uh, he beat him twice, but I think in the back of his mind, there's that thought: like, man, I've now now I'm starting to cover ground that I've already covered. I fought a who's who at 155, 170, 145. He fought Max Holloway, you know. Um, and he, yes, he knows that the best competition I think for him is still in the UFC. But there's also fresh options in Bellator and very good competition over there. It's it's a new thing. It's kind of a new stage for his career. Of course, his brother is over there. It's it's a very comfortable fit. Um, I do wonder if he's just looking for something new. So to answer your question, Mike, do I think this is the last time he's fought in the UFC? Uh, I'm going to lean towards no. I, I, I think it, I think the option is there, but I think him and Dana and uh, and the matchmakers, I think they work something out. Maybe maybe another four-fight deal. Interesting. Jose, agree or disagree? Uh, I disagree. I think uh, Anthony Pettis is going to either hop over to most likely Bellator uh, to, to join his brother. He gets to wear all of his sponsors. I'm sure he can wear the logo of his new fight promotion or amateur promotion, whatever it is, and his uh, new agency. Um, I just think his brother has, has said it enough times where like he goes to the Bellator. He's already been treated better than he has been in the UFC. He's not lost in the shuffle. His brother's obviously there. He can see, he sees all the opportunities uh, that Sergio is, is, uh, is getting. So yeah, I would highly, I would put money on him joining Bellator. Uh, do I want him to join Bellator? I don't particularly care. Whatever makes him the most money, he's a prize fighter. And at this point of his career, he's like AK said, he's fought the who's who at 155. I selfishly wanted Anthony Pettis to welcome Michael Chandler to the UFC because I think at some point they had to have been champions at the same time together. So it would have been another one of those fun UFC versus Bellator uh, fights like well it, it might not have been a fun fight and when, when it happens but the, the lead-up would have been fun kind of like when the eddie alvarez anthony pettis fight went down or like the gilbert melendez anthony or did yeah, when the gilbert melendez anthony pettis fight when it was like kind of strike force versus ufc so uh yeah i'm cool with whatever if he wants to join pfl to make a run in a million bucks before he hangs it up that's cool too uh but there are more fun fights for him in the ufc but if he wants to make all that extra money Maybe go to Bellator so you can wear all your sponsors and all that stuff. Yeah, I I don't know if PFL happens just because I don't. Th- I, f- I feel like his management team in the PFL do not have a great relationship. Right. Uh, citing Brennan Lochnane sort of being stuck in there during this pandemic when that guy was looking for fights. There was talks about lawsuits and all this stuff on Twitter. So I don't think PFL is an option at this point. Um, hmm. I think one might be interesting because I think one would would pay a lot of money for Pettis. Um, but I think Bellator is the way to go. I think he gets a title shot maybe immediately, but at least in the like very foreseeable future. It's not going to happen in the UFC unless he wins like 10 fights in a row. But if he goes to Bellator and like fights Benson Henderson, like you suggested on Twitter, Jose gets a win there. 
you know, he's he's probably fighting for a belt or getting huge fights from there. And if they want to, if this featherweight Grand Prix is over with and they want to do a lightweight Grand Prix, would not be like like throw Anthony Pettis into that. I'm fine with that too because then that takes the matchmaking out of it. Question: yeah. How do you promote? I do have a question though. How do you promote a third Henderson fight without the Showtime kick footage though? How do you do it? <laughs> right? It's hard. It's, it'd be hard. It would be hard to bring up, right? Well, you're also promoting a fight where a guy's down 2-0 too, and come, Amy uh-huh. Henderson coming off a yes. pretty pretty good KO knockout. So I just I have a lot of questions. I'm sure I'm sure Mike Goldberg with his broadcasting brilliance in 2020 and 2021 will put that over with his with just his verbiage. He doesn't need anything else. He's been so good in 2020, right? No, he would put that over. You don't need any video. I'm very we need, him and Rogan, right now. we need to get him and Rogan back together. I'll tell you something. That is a that is a team. That is what I want in my broadcast in 2021. I want Rogan, Rogan wasn't and even Goldberg. there tonight, and now we're still talking about Rogan. God dang I it! I know we have to. He's a, he, he's uh, living he's living rent free. He's living rent free up here. <laughs> what can I say? He's got you know he's living rent free. Uh, Sign the Bellator, vacate the belt, little Pitbull, and have big Pitbull versus. Pettis for the 155 title. There you go. Make it happen. So Casey, so Casey, you think we did see the last of uh, Pettis in the in the octagon tonight? Uh, yes, sir. I do believe that. Oh, what, what if like, he fights? I mean, they put him on the prelims. You know, they they put Pettis on the prelims. Remember when Andre Olovsky? Oh, featured prelim. My bad. <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet featured prelim. So in in, in a way, he headlined. <laughs> Pettis can uh, fight Mike, a welterweight. Pettis can fight a welterweight yeah. in Bellator too. Dude, actually, Mike, imagine him versus MVP. Oh, oh no! I was going to oh, Lima. I was going. I was going, a lot of good matchups. I was going Dougie Limes versus Dougie yeah. Limes versus. Well, I Pettis. think Lima's Lima's probably going to fight Larkin. Okay, and well, then I think Pettis and Pettis MVP for number one contender. It, sign right. me up. Co-main event, so they're all just around each other. Like you're welcome, Scott Coker. <laughs> Mike, you think he's going? You think he's going to Bellator? Oh God! I think he's already packing his bags. <laughs> I think the UFC knows that too. Yeah, I think so UFC PR is going to drive to the airport. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of Rufus Sport went signed over to Bellator in the, like the next coming, like the next twelve months. Yeah, they got a bunch over there already. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Interesting twenty twenty one. Yeah, we're going to see Dylan Dennis versus Pettis soon. Oh, sure. <laughs> so we got now. We can, now we can put Dylan, Dylan Dennis in, in, the, in the you know the headline now. <laughs> all right what else we got all right what uh, do we got bring, bring up fire here, here, bring here's, up okay, fire. Here's, the, here's a fire here's a fire it's from the same same commenter <laughs> i mean what was up with neil constantly burping during the fight I mean, was, they were you know they were suggesting it might have been something he drank or something before but i, I don't know about you guys uh, i'm out of shape so uh when i uh, if when i try to do any exercise i i, I you get gassy sometimes sometimes you want to you get nauseous you want to burp you want to puke when I mean, we've seen that happen to fighters and uh, neil is certainly uh competing in a contest far more athletic than anything i've ever done in my life so i, w- I wasn't surprised at all i just thought i just thought he got a little gassy and uh, so he's got a burp i didn't even notice i've been watching lately if i'm not there i've been watching the fights on mute with no commentary mm-hmm. so i didn't even hear it. Well, you're missing the best part <laughs> it was very loud <laughs> it was i feel like they had they had a, they had a microphone like inside jeff Neal's mouth <laughs> it was awesome yeah, Maybe uh, that's why Wonder Boy was high fiving him so much. He was just like, "Ah, oh, good, nice good burp, push, bro. bro." Yeah, <laughs> I didn't notice it. You didn't, I didn't notice? notice it. I also, oh, I heard, yeah, I heard a good four or five times. 
like him just like, <laughs> my wife and my son stayed up a little bit later so they were like falling asleep so i had to turn down the volume uh, a little bit so i didn't notice it yeah i think the commenters uh, bisming even talked about it on the broadcast oh yeah yeah, they, they mentioned the drink thing. They said maybe he drank something weird before the fight. I'm like, I don't know. I think it's you get gassy. You exercise, uh, you get gassy. Right. Again, not that I would know, but I, I never exercise, obviously. So, <laughs> all right, moving on to the, the people's main. Moving on to the people's main event. Oh, how'd y'all score Michelle Bahada versus Chaos Williams? Good question from Sandy Fam. I, I'll start with this one. I scored it. I believe my exact tweet was 29-28 Bahada, but I'm 1.5 percent confident in that pick. I had no idea how to score it. No clue. I had no idea how to score the first round. I felt like the second round was a pay around, and the third round was really close. So I had no clue. But just just on my gut and what I saw briefly without going back and checking anything out more frame by frame, I scored it for Pajada. But if you scored it for Williams, I have no issue with that. How did you score it, Jose? Um, I scored it for Pajada. But because you guys have all watched fights live octagon side and it just sounds a lot different than watching through your tv so i just think michelle Pereira was so mobile and he was just like so when i'm when i think about how these fights are scored i don't particularly think about like i have how i would score then i try to think about how the judge would score because it's just different being there live like we've seen fights where it just we're just baffled at how a judge could score like like you all thought Justin Gaethje clearly lost the first round against Habib. But there, a lot of people thought Justin Gaethje did enough to win just because we heard all of the punches land and all of the movement around and all of the checked kicks and everything. So it just sounds different. So I just think the judges being there live, I assumed they would give it to Pereira, and I actually scored it for Michelle Pereira, but I don't disagree with you if you think Chaos Williams went out. I don't think it was a robbery by any means. It was a very close fight, and as AK says, not all close fights are robberies. He does say that. That's his thing. All close fights are robberies. Yes, I do say that as why. Say, as people yeah. say, that is what he says. That is why I started the robbery <laughs> review series. Uh, of course, every time I do a robbery review, uh, you don't even need to read the article. I'm essentially just saying that the fight was a robbery. robbery so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's in the headline, right? It's in the headline. Obviously, I'm calling every fight a robbery. Um, yeah, I had a 29-28 uh, Williams, but I had no problem with the final verdict. It, it really came down to that second round. Uh, the fight, the strikes that stood out most to me were um, every time uh, Williams caught, was able to catch Pajeda's leg and, and and land like a kind of overhand right. Those, for me, were like the biggest uh, shots of the fight. So those I thought were the most impactful. But again, I'm not there. I can't I can't really tell I'm, I'm not f- feeling it and hearing it uh he was doing a good job with leg kicks too I know I think Pajeda did have I think even not just the tv stats but I think if you go to UFC uh, stats.com I believe that they uh he did have the advantage in total strikes but uh it, it was so close I, I have no problem with uh with Pajeda winning um he he really he really there was a lot of activity which people like and I know the second round some people decided it on that very late choke attempt by uh by Pajeda. So people thought he's maybe stolen the round with that submission attempt, which I guess so. Uh, if that, if I, I, I can't argue against that. And it, it maybe it was one of the most definitive moments of the fight. That so, choke was in uh, deep, yeah. man. But, uh, huh? That choke was in deep. Uh, people said 10, uh, 10, 15 more seconds. It might have just been over. Might not even be talking about judging right now, right? Um, so, uh, yeah. So if that, if that uh, is what counts to people, then for sure. But I think there was nothing wrong with the, with the Pajeda win. I went with Williams, but again, I'd have to rewatch the fight. I might see it the other way. It was really close. Casey, uh, uh, I thought I, I thought it was pretty easy to score. I had I had uh, Williams winning the first round, um, chaos winning in a very non chaotic round in round one, and then uh, the second round was very close until that last five seconds 
when um, Prayer took his back and put a choke in, and basically he was saved by the bell. So without a doubt, he wins that round. I mean, without a doubt. And then the third round, Prayer. Close fight. Close fight. However you scored it, I have no issue with it. Were we disappointed? Uh, yeah, We guaranteed some kind of 50K bonus for someone, and we got... <laughs> I don't. I don't want a kind Hitler oh, demolidor. Wow. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Bless him. He's winning fights in the UFC. That is really the most important thing. Uh, other than why? other than well, other than being a veteran who gets a lot of bonuses. If you're a veteran who gets like one bonus every you know two or three fights, you'll be fine. You know you'll be fine. Uh, you're going to stick around if the company likes you. And uh, and Pajeda could have gone down that road. Honestly, I, I don't know how much security there is. I don't know his relationship with the company. Uh, so maybe he could have gone down that road, just being a super action fighter, win or lose, doing crazy stuff. Um, but I also kind of like him showing a new side of himself. I, I do. I don't like people doing their old same tricks over and over again. And he got the win, which I guess is the most important thing. The same thing, trick so being entertaining? Is that a trick, just no. being entertaining? I just mean if you watch like his first two or three fights and some of his fights you know, on the, uh, before he went, came to the UFC, he has the routine. He has an actual like tumbling routine uh, that he'll do, which is, I think is why when Tristan Connolly fought him, he just like avoided it. Tristan Connolly was just like, okay, uh-huh, all right, yep, okay, good, it's over. <laughs> I'm going in. So can we fight now? Isn't um, it so, not even a cornerman during that fight? Yeah, that's is that right. Yeah, yeah, that's like why he missed weight. He had like no permanent. He missed oh, yeah, weight. Yeah, yeah. It was like Connelly, a, yeah. it was in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like if Christian Conley and Michelle Pereira ran it back ten times, like that was like a sure, perfect storm of just awfulness for yeah. him. That whole fight. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still give but, I mean, look, I, and like, yeah, like Jose said, like there, there was a lot I mean, of circumstances why he. Yeah, he lost. He lost fair and square. Like no one's arguing that was a bad decision, but there was a lot. I'll say into that. Though, Casey, you're right, though. Anyone who's been, there was a lot of people who were giving people crap, even after his UC debut when he won that amazing fight with, uh, with uh, Roberts. Roberts. Yeah, Roberts. Yeah, people give him crap. What a clown he is. Any of those people, I don't want to hear you complain that. I, I don't hear any of those people say that this fight was boring then because you got what you wanted. All right. You wanted, you wanted him to, to show his technical skills. He did. He did. And, 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 and uh, again, close fight, but uh, officially he won it. Um, he, he, ha- he does really have great technical skills, though. I think, and I think you could even see that in the fights where he was clowning. I mentioned this in the preview. I'm like, underneath all that, you can't do all that stuff unless you have uh, really strong fundamental skills, which he has. And, and he's relying on that more, and he fought a really smart fight tonight. Um, and I, I, I still think this guy's I, – I know he's been around for a long time. He has a lot more fights than I think people think, but I still think he can be a top-10 guy. Unbeliever. Unbeliever. Why couldn't he be? That's huge. He definitely, he, definitely, he definitely could. Like he, he yeah. throws punches so fast. Like they, he's awesome. like they he's come awesome. from so far away. He snaps your neck back. I don't know if he's gonna just dust someone with his punching, but he's for sure gonna just cause what? Like all of his opponents are just gonna be all bruised up at the end of it. I haven't seen this question, but he, what Jose mentioned earlier, when Jeff Neal comes back and you know fixes up his bruises and all his cuts and everything, you say he's gonna decapitate somebody. Michelle Pereira and Jeff Neal. Sure. I'd be into that. That sounds sexy. <laughs> Sign my unless ass. They re, unless they want to rebook Neil on Neil. Oh, yeah. There you go. Oh, please. Please. He gets, <laughs> say, say he gets, we all say he gets the loser of Kiesa and whoever this mystery opponent is because he's been calling for, right. he called for Kiesa for a while, too. So I think before we book Jeff Neal, a few fights have to happen first. He wants Pettis. I the, mean, he, he definitely called for Pettis after, but. Like I said, we don't know if that's, that's even possible. Three months. That was a now. waste of a call out. Waste. Hated it. Did There's not like it at no. all. What? What? Well, it's in two weeks too. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> in Ryzen. <laughs> <In> Ryzen. <laughs> 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 
I'm gonna. Uh, hey, mate, hey, Pettis is a free agent. Maybe we don't know, man. <laughs> you sign Horizon. I'll take stars and get cut, and then I'll fight you on New Year's Eve. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Pahena, By the way, my, my yeah, favorite visual of the my favorite visual of the entire night was chaos staring down Pahena as he was walking to the octagon. The whole time. That was oh, the he was gleefully dancing and then breakdancing. Oh, that was so great. And poor Joe Martinez yeah. is like trying not to stare at chaos. You could tell he like could feel the stare and he's just trying to like keep himself busy and look at his card. But he was terrified in that moment as he should have been. I would be. Yeah. Um, I wasn't too big in the commentary tonight, but I thought Bisbing made a great, made a great point about uh, uh, Williams uh, chaos. I was just staring. He, he goes, that's very tiring to stare at someone for that long. <laughs> I was like, you're yeah, not you're right. too? yeah, just like stare at someone for like, because, like, Perry kind of took his time. You know, he was he hugged everyone, like, five times before getting in the cage. And it, he, he must have been staring – he must have been staring at Pereira for a good, like – without blinking, I don't know. Yeah, a good, like, five minutes, it felt like. His eyes were probably starting to water. They were probably, like, they were put tr- water and tremble. And then, yeah. like, I think if it had gone any longer, tears would have literally come from his face. But uh, Michelle Pajeda, he's only 27 years – I keep thinking he's older than he is. He's only 27 years old. Uh, tonight was his 38th pro fight. So it took him over 30 fights just to get to the UFC. So, yeah, I, I mean, do I think he can be a contender? Yes. But I see why people might be skeptical, right? I mean, 30-something fights before making it to the UFC, if it, you know, people would ask if it hasn't happened, you know, why why does That's it take so long? That, he's on that Jordan mean trajectory yeah. at that point. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I want to see I, I want to see prayer versus – keep moving him up. Keep moving him up. Yeah. They're fun Thank fights you, I want to have seen, but like, but it doesn't Thanks, make sense right now for his career. Yeah, I mean, Pahana versus anybody, I'm I'm okay with. Yeah. Was the temporary tattoo on Aldo's chest some kind of political message? It was an it was a Navy decal, and it was where he did a lot yeah. of his boxing sparring. Ah. So yeah, it might. I don't know if it was technically. I don't know if it was a political statement, but it was at least a shout out to. Because he posted about it in November. Uh, okay. Guillermo was tweeting about it too. So if you want the details on the patch, you can go spot. It. You can go uh, scope out Guillermo's Twitter. You know what? I'm kind of bummed. I thought I thought he snuck in a sponsor. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was hoping he made it. I was hoping he made an extra, you know, extra 25k just for putting a little tattoo on him. But all right. well, maybe someone else will now. Yeah, maybe yeah. this is president <laughs> Casey, right? Like, hey, that worked. He got that one in there. Thank you. Thank you. Whatever works for you. He looked, yeah. he looked pretty damn good tonight. Oh, it's a Carol man. 91. Do you think that Ooh. Marlon's durability is gone? Ooh. He took a lot of shots in the Cejudo fight and he just seems like he got rocked very wanna, easily today. Jose, you are excited. Go ahead. Yeah. I want to start this. And I was thinking about this because like, I thought when the first happened, I was like, well, I think it just shows he came back too quickly after getting wheel kicked by Corey Sanhagen. But then I was doing Twitter reacts and I was like, getting like, so I see a lot of what his fellow UFC fighters are, are saying. And Alzheimer Sterling made a very good point. Where if you look at Marlon Moraes' UFC run, he has a bunch of first-round knockouts. And then outside of that, he has a bunch of victories that aren't overly exciting or they're very close. And Alzheimer Sterling says, if you don't get crushed by Marlon Moraes in one round, this is the fight you're going to get. You're either going to knock him out later on or it's, 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 it's going to 
be kind of a boring close fight so he's saying he's very good he's very skilled but he's not the world beater that he he, he was and Alzheimer Sterling is on record a few times saying he didn't really take Marlon Murray seriously going into their fight when he got head kicked and if they run it back he would beat him he gives him all the props in the world for for head kicking him and making him doing the dab uh, but he, he made a lot of good points on Twitter where he goes this is what a Marlon Murray's fight is. You're either going to get, the fight is either going to end early from either side or it's going to be a very close fight and it's pr- probably going to be controversial at the end. I hadn't thought about it at all because I wasn't really looking back on Marlon Murray's career up until until I read this the, these tweets, but I thought Alzheimer Sterling made a very good point uh, when he was tweeting, when he was live tweeting this fight. Uh, in a fight uh, about a fighter that he has a lot of experience uh, training for and being around that, because remember, Marlon Murray's trained up in the New Jersey area for a while, so I'm sure they've been around the same training partners a bit too. Yeah, I would agree with that. But he's, what, the one numbers, in three since he's left Jersey now? Yep. Yep, the numbers do not lie. The numbers do not lie. Jose, you are uh, well, you are correct. Uh, his UFC debut, Hafa Sunsau, split decision loss. Yep. His next fight, John Dodson, split decision win. Yep. Three straight first-round finishes. Alzheimer Sterling, Jim Rivera, the Asunsa rematch. Uh, loses to Henry Cejudo after kind of gassing out in the third round. And then split decision win over Aldo and then now these two yeah. losses. So that's yeah, literally what Alzheimer means. Alzheimer means like if, you don't, if he doesn't beat you in the first round, you're going to get the Dodson, like a Dodson type or Aldo type right. fight. But yeah, addressing the uh, durability thing. Uh, Mike, we kind of talked about this. You brought this up a bit last week with Ferguson. Like, Guys who have had this, these kind of uh, mileage on them, you kind of want to wonder what if they took like eight months off or a year off? What if they had that luxury that they could do that? Does it come back to some degree? It never comes back all the way. I don't think so. I think when you've been fighting as long as these guys have that you're never going to be as you know durable as you were th- three or four years ago, right? It's just not how it works. But can you get back some of that toughness? Can you get back, again, your brain cells and your chin or whatever it is, at least you getting knocked out. Can, can some of that come back? I think it can. So... Uh, Mike, I don't know what you're doing for our matchup show, but I'm definitely going to at least suggest I would like to see uh, Marlon Marais take some time off. I don't know if that solves anything. It could be more of a defensive issue than anything, right? Decision-making, because I liked his plan in this fight. I think taking the fight to the ground right away was the way to go. Mm-hmm. And then once he started going to a slugfest, I was just like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I don't know I don't know if that's a good idea, because Rob Font can bang. Um, so it might have nothing to do with the chin, right? It could have been a tactical thing. But I do think some time off would be really good at least six months just to recover both physically and, and mentally and, and, and figure out, uh, you know, how, what kind of fighter he wants to be because, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was hard to watch tonight. He got really, he got hurt real bad. Yes. And if you want to say that it's a durability thing, I'm not going to argue with you because he took a beating in the Cejudo fight. And a lot of people felt like that was kind of like, I'm not going to say that this is exact, but this is a, a quote I keep hearing. Cejudo stole his soul that night and changed him forever, which there might be some, some truth to that i don't really know i'm not in the mind of, of marlon Moraes. however i do not want any of that to take away from what rob font did tonight bad dude after a year away recovering from another major injury i mean he's gone we we're talking about wonder boy going through major injury after major injury rob font's done this too he's had like multiple year-long layoffs and just like and every time he's get he's gotten put in this position with a big opponent and a big name john lineker didn't do very well pedro munoz did not do very well Rafael Sunso did not do very well. Gets another opportunity against the number three guy in the world, and he put his ass away and did it very impressively. So we've been waiting for years for Rob Font to get that like signature win. Now he's got it, and people are very excited now. He called out T.J. Dillashaw. Everybody called out T.J. Dillashaw tonight, which I love. And I, I'm hoping that's a question from the people tonight because I have I, 
I feel like the Dillashaw thing became a huge storyline tonight, didn't it? Uh, it's because his suspension is going to be up. I think we were uh, – it started with Corey Sandhagen on Fight Island when he, even he dropped the name after he had kicked Juan Marais. So uh, T.J. Dillashaw is still a big name. His knockout loss was not at bantamweight. Let's not forget that. He never lost his title inside the octagon. He lost because he was an idiot and took a bunch of illegal substances and got it taken away from him. So – uh, he's going to continue to talk all that. Like, if you look at his tweets, he's like, that's still my belt, this and that. So, still a big name. Uh, he's not, he's obviously not ranked right now. Uh, but, yeah, if you want a fast path to a title shot, beating the guy that technically never lost it is the fastest, pro- probably the fastest way, in my opinion. Yeah, t- talk about a guy who I wonder how he's going to look after a long layoff. Again, he's, he's, his health-wise, it's probably done him wonders to not have competed during this time, right? And everyone's still talking about him. So, it, it was... You never, you know, want to be exposed as a cheater, uh, unfortunately. But I think for him, I'm sure he's like, well, this is the best I can make of this bad situation I created for myself because um, I feel good. I'm healthy. I'm still probably still in amazing shape, still relatively young, and everyone's still talking about me as as if as if I was as if I fought this year. You know, people are calling me out, so that's fantastic for him. Uh, I want to big ups your boy Rob Font a little bit more, Mike. Uh, he is Mister December. Man, he is Mr. December. <laughs> December 2016, first round knockout of Matt Schnell. And then his last three fights have all been in December because, like we said, there's been some breaks. Unanimous decision win over Sergio Pettis. Unanimous decision win over Ricky Simone. And now December uh, 19th, 2020, uh, first round TKO, Marlon Brodeis. So do not fight Rob Font in December at Bantamweights. You, you, do not want this, uh, you do not want this man this month. Casey, let me ask you this. Rob Font nice. is airhorn. Nice. Yeah. Casey, I'm going to start with you and we're going to go around because if it's not a question, we're going to make it, we're going to get the people fired <laughs> up here. If you're the UFC matchmakers and the whole world at this point is calling out TJ Dillashaw, we thought Dillashaw, I, I thought Dillashaw versus Sandhagen was a no brainer. I cannot believe they didn't make that fight. Although I'm cool with the Edgar Sandhagen fight. TJ Dillashaw versus blank. What are you going with? Jose Aldo. Jose? I agree. Uh, I like the Font fight, but I just think Font's not there yet. You could be, that could be that could very well be a fight down the road, but I think you said it best. He's kind of faltered in those big name fights up until right now. If Marlon had won, I think Marlon versus TJ would also be a fun scrap. Uh, but I think Jose Aldo is the is the fight to make. Uh, Unless, for whatever reason, if the UFC is still gung-ho on a Uriah Faber being a thing uh, in 2021, then if they want to book that fight. But no, I don't think anyone wants to see that in 2021. So yeah, uh, Aldo versus Dillashaw for number one contender is uh, the fight to make, in my opinion. I I actually think Faber is the fight to make. I really do. I think that's the fight to make. I'm not, I don't like. I mean, listen. If TJ, TJ, if TJ Dillashaw comes back and wins one fight, he's fighting for the title. Doesn't matter who it's against. I think he's fighting for the belt no matter what. Just because he's a name and people feel a certain way about him, he creates some sort of reaction, mostly negative. But there are some people who who really like to watch TJ, TJ Dillashaw fight. There is a rivalry here between these two guys that has been going on for seemingly forever, and part of me just wants this shit to end. Okay, just let these guys fight. I'm tired of hearing Uriah talk about it. I'm tired of hearing TJ Dillashaw talk about it. I'm tired of hearing Cody Garbrandt talk about it. Just let him fight. Do it now. Let's just get it over with. 
people will watch it. It'll be fun. The, the build to that fight will be a lot of fun. You'll get to see angry Uriah Faber. You'll get to see kind of sarcastic and that, that look on TJ Dillashaw's eyes that people are just like, oh, I can't stand this guy. And that creates viewership. So if you're going to do it, just just do it. Just get it done. Let Aldo fight Rob Font. I like that fight. And there you go. That's what I think should happen. I, I mean, honestly, I think TJ could fight anybody. Just let him fight Uriah. Give it a, just, just let's move on with this rivalry for the love of God. AK, what do you think? Oh, I, th- I thought you were suggesting, I, I thought you were suggesting Aldo versus Uriah. No. No, okay. Dillashaw. Oh, pay attention, AK. AK. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I Candy was, uh, Lee. I, pay know, attention, Candy. I'm on the, I hate it. I'm on the social. You know, this, that's why I was raising my. I was raising my eyebrow. I'm like, I guess so. I'm on the social media, guys. I'm TikToking here. The same. You know how it is, guys. You know, TikToking. I'm a TikToking. That's that's what it is. That's the kids call it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on my on my smartphone. That's how they talk to you. He, I'll tell you, I, I kind of still want to see this this one get run back. Uh, if Cruz beats Casey Kenny, I kind of still want to see Cruz and Dillashaw go at it again. I'm okay with that one too. That's one that that's one want, that was I, I always, always I always wanted to run it back. I only want that rematch if it's for a belt. Hmm. You know I what? I think I'll, that fight that's one of when people list their the best fights ever, I think that's left off a lot. That fight ruled. It's a great fight. It's an yep. amazing fight. It's a, it was it's mesmerizing. And it was uh, on Fox Sports show. One. It wasn't even on Fox. <laughs> it was. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what what was that the first what, what that beautiful the first city was that in? What beautiful city that was, was in the cold tundra of Boston. <laughs> I was there. Event, I went with the buddy. I went with the buddy. I went with the buddy who drank too much before the card and he fell asleep through the main event. Jesus. At the arena? Was, at the arena. Ooh, Were you at that wow. fight, Casey? Yes, sir. That fight ruled. I was at rule. I was, rule. I, was uh, I was backstage for most of it. No, that no. was the fight card. Matt Matron's eyeball fell out of his head. I remember that. Oh, only in Boston. You know what? I remember because I, I was doing the interviews and I had a, 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 a cameraman who was like a an old uh, classmate who had never really done MMA. And he was like, does this happen all the time? Do people just lose eyeballs and limbs? I was like, yeah, this is what happened. <laughs> it's no, it's, it's not, normal. It's, it's normal. Not, it's not every day, but yeah, a couple of times a year. <laughs> only the good ones. <laughs> yeah. That's why, that's why God gave you two eyes, man. Come on. Um, <laughs> I think Mike, you made a great point. I really like that actually uh, about um, TJ versus Faber, because this actually is okay. If TJ doesn't have a giant ego, you take the Faber fight because you you've been out for a while. That's a super winnable fight. You're gonna get lots of. You're actually probably get more hype and press for that fight than you would to fight freaking Jose Aldo, which we know is a much tougher fight at this time. So, yeah, I absolutely think you're right. If I'm TJ Dillashaw, yeah, you definitely do the fa- try to do the paper fight because you need a W. You need to remind people that you're a freaking badass. And, you know, and TJ likes talking crap. So it's a good, good chance for him to talk crap. So, yeah, that, that is the fight to make, sir. Piotr Jan beat up Faber and got a title shot right afterwards. No, no, exactly, so exactly. No, no, I, yeah. I believe, yeah. And like you said, you should say TJ just needs a win. That's all. You yeah. know, so a win against Faber, a win against Auto, take the easier one. It wins a win. That's what AK says, right? A win's a win. What if what if Faber beat him? Can you imagine that? <laughs> what, there you go. See, see if Auto beats I'm TJ, that's cool. Oh, cool. If Faber beats TJ, good lord. 
wild. Yeah, Another title shot for favor. One more time. One more time. <laughs> oh, man. All right. What else we got? All right. Good win for Rob Font, yeah. though. Sorry, uh, send me behind on these questions. Oh, that's, where this, that's where this discussion spawned from? That's, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but Font's call out was like classic Font call out. It was like, you know, I know TJ Dillashaw's there. He's like, but I don't care. Whoever the UFC gives yeah. me. Like him and Kate are exactly the same. It's great. That New England Patriots mindset. Man. Like, if Rob Font and Calvin Cater get title for shots in 2021, like good for New England MMA. Like they've needed that Hell for yeah. a while. Good questions today. Darren Seska. So did this main event tell you anything about Jeff Neal's ceiling or do you think it's still too early to tell? Who's Jeff Neal? Oh, stop it. Such a stickler. We all, Darren Seska, we all know who you're talking about. I'm sorry. Jose might not answer your question because he didn't spell Jeff Neal perfectly. All right. But uh, I will, I will gladly answer. By the way, we're getting some great questions. It probably helps that the show is happening at uh, 11, just past 11 (laughs) Eastern time and and not freaking like 2.30 in the morning. Though, though, for those of us who, those of you guys who are here at those crazy times, of course, you guys are the friggin' best and you still bring it. But these are really good questions. Uh, Darren, yeah. uh, I'll I'll say it's still too early to tell. There's just nobody like Wonder Boy. There's nobody like Wonder Boy. I don't know. They're, they're, Wonder Boy turns really great looking prospects into you know people who, if you were seeing them fight for the first time, if you had never seen Neil fight before, and you watch this performance, you'd be like, why isn't this guy punching more? Why is he having so much trouble? Why is he getting up against the cage? We can't do anything there. And that's just how Wonder Boy is. There's just there's. There's nobody who can emulate that style. There's nobody who can prepare you for that. Even giving 25 minutes to try and figure him out, Neil couldn't do it. So uh, if you want to take something away from that, maybe maybe he needs to, you know, he just doesn't have the vocabulary, the striking vocabulary to to deal with someone like Thompson right now. And maybe he never will. But that fits a lot of people. There's a lot of people who couldn't figure out Wonder Boy. Uh, and I don't think that that necessarily speaks ill of their chances of becoming a champion. So um I'm kind of I'm kind of cheesing the question. I'm kind of on the fence about it, but I'll go with a hard no. Losing to Wonder Boy does not tell us uh, what Neil's ceiling is. I still think it's very high. I still think it's very high. Let me put it that way. Um, but this was a, a learning experience. I would agree. I don't know. There's not much more to add to that. AK, I thought you nailed it. Casey, go ahead. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to kind of go the other way. I think I was. Hmm. I mean, unless okay, I think I think we did see a ceiling with Jeff Neil tonight. Unless we got to remember, he he is coming back from a, a, a life threatening injury, so yeah. we we just don't know how much that affected his training. Maybe he's a different fighter now. Maybe he just doesn't have the same strength, the same cardio now. Dude, he was in the hospital. He was in the ICU. I mean, that's a he didn't twist his ankle. You know, he didn't get you know. I mean, he was on like on life. I don't know. It was really bad. So. I have to take that into account. And if I do take that into account, is he just a different fighter completely? Is he just not the same guy anymore? I really hope that's not true. That would be super unfortunate and just major sucky. And I'm just hoping it was an off night for him in a sense. And it wasn't had nothing to do with the his illness. And also, um, what was the story on his, ho- uh, his coach, um, Say- Syed? What happened? That's, he was, was yeah, that's, that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah, because to they me, he was sick. Just sick? We don't know. He's just, just sick? Because Fortis yeah, had a bad night tonight. Unfortunately, yeah, uh, true. Morano also had to, yeah, also had to go with yeah, no, was, no, no say, that's right. too. And I, you could tell yeah. that the guy, whoever was talking to them, that's not the normal guy who's <laughs> just kind of like a buddy going, Hey, man, you gotta win. <laughs> 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 just like, you know, so I, I, 
I so there were a couple there were there were a couple um, circumstances with Neil that um, I don't know. So, um, but if I'm assuming if he was at 100 percent tonight, I, I that that was a bit of a ceiling fight for Neil. Unfortunately, I think. Hmm. I think not having safe in his corner definitely affected him. I, I, I hope so. I, I, I hope I hope it did affect him in a sense because I I was expecting more from him tonight. And how about Alex Morono? Goes in there, has a war with Anthony Pettis, and then is in the corner of Jeff Neal in the main event. I mean, what a what, what a, a guy. What a man. Incredible. I like that Incredible. guy. What a guy. He, right. he did not he did not need a minute to himself, as they say <laughs> in the in the fight game. Do, yeah, Thank you, Darren. Thank you. Good yeah. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. I lost the question... Cannot find it, but basically the question was, "What's what do we think about Jerron Wynn?" Basically, I saw basically like twenty different versions of Jerron Wynn. Jerron Wynn, he won the fight, but man, I've never seen so much neg- negativity to a guy that won the fight. <laughs> All right, Jose, we'll begin with you. Your uh, your thoughts mm-hmm. on Jerron Wynn's performance tonight, and some of the reactions we've seen because. The, the the Twitter verse has not been very very kind to uh to Mr. Jerron Wynn. Fought like a guy who probably needed a win to keep his job. Uh, so yeah, like at the end of the day, we say it all the time. Like getting these bonuses and getting all this is nice, and getting these number one contender fights and big names. You win, you get the rest of your paycheck. So a good on Jerron Wynn for getting the rest of his paycheck. Number two. Good on Duran Wynn for probably keeping his job, at least for another fight. Like, we've seen this a million times before. I'm not comparing these fighters, like, in terms of their their talent or, like, or about them. But, like, remember when, like, Overeem, like, desperately needed a win after, like, his knockout loss to Bigfoot and his USADA suspension. And he was just not the same type of fighter. And they, they, they gave him all this money. And then he goes out there and fights Frank Mayer at UC 169 and then, it was just not a great fight. Like even Dana, Dana White was just like roasting him in the, the post-fight press conference. So we've seen this before. You win so you can keep your job and you can, you can move forward. So it, I, it didn't surprise me at all. Uh, if anything, it showed Deron Wynn was very aware about his, his, what, the, the status of his career after missing weight and losing badly in his last few fights. So, yeah, keeps his job. Good on him. In terms of uh, the fallout from, from the fans – as expected, I mean, we just got like 
the most epic card of all time in the last week. And then Deron Wynn is uh, fighting like he did this weekend, which I'm not knocking him. Like, like I said, like he knew what needed to be done and he got it done. It just wasn't the most exciting fight. And I think MMA fans might have been a little spoiled in the last few weeks. But again, he's also a division. He's like a division one all American wrestler. And he just wrestled for two rounds or tried to wrestle one round and then wrestled for two rounds. So yeah. Well, what else can you say? Why was that fight at 195? Sorry, I missed that. I missed the news on that. There was a little what? bit of short notice for a Hoyo. It was about three weeks. So I think I think it was if it, it was to help out a Hoyo and also uh, if you're win. I mean, win making 185 hasn't been particularly enjoyable for him oh, either. Okay. So, but I believe it was to accommodate a Hoyo. I think that that was the point. Okay, I was, I just, was, is, a, is a Hoyo normally a middleweight? I think he's normally middleweight. Yes. I don't think there's an issue. I think it's just because he took it on short notice. That, okay. That, okay just, but dude, we, and we always say when guys take things on short notice, we wish they would negotiate catch weights more. Um, yeah. But I will say he looked – I mean I think we all know he looked effing huge in there. So I don't know how we can uh, criticize uh, Duran Wynn that much. He did what he had to do to survive against a guy who looked like a foot taller than him. Um, and who was Everyone hitting him. Quite a foot taller than Duran. That's going to be – I know. It's true. That's he Duran he needs to – like Duran Wynn is what five, five, four, five, 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 <laughs> probably he's very short but his body his body just it's the body of a 185er yeah. that's the problem yeah. i i don't know if once he'd have to have a dramatic body change which he, probably would he, not be healthy for he him. got to the ufc being like, a 205er <laughs> yeah. yeah he looks yeah. like he looks like um, pat barry at heavyweight like he's just yeah. thick he, he he did what he had to do to survive. If anything, this was a nightmare scenario for for a Hoyo. Who, yes, he did them a favor by uh, taking this fight on short notice, but he's just had incredibly bad luck. He's now zero and two. He's had several fight cancellations. Uh, this was his first fight since November twenty nineteen. Um, he's had a bunch of fight cancellations, both uh, his both uh, for because of him withdrawing and his opponents withdrawing. So I hope the UFC would cut him some slack again he kind of did them a favor but you know with all this talk of impending cuts and just how bad the fight was i i don't know i don't know if uh if a hoyo gets brought back unfortunately so it was really a nightmare snare for him win did what he had to do but he's probably on a, a fairly short leash uh like the next time negotiations come around for a win he's not gonna have a lot of leverage if uh if this is how he's gonna keep winning fights but he did what he had to do like you said to get that you got to get that other check right that's all that really matters i'd be i'd be curious how the commentary would have been if it wasn't Daniel Cormier. I was about oh, to yeah. say, I, I think, I think, I think DC did win a disservice tonight. Honestly, I agree. Because it, it felt like his mom kind of like he like my mom says I'm cool. I don't know. It, it just didn't. <laughs> it didn't. It, yeah, it's it was bad. Right? Wayne, so I think, I, I think after you, the first, yeah, sorry. For those of you who aren't aware, like when Daniel Cormier was talking about um, what it would be like to commentate a Habib fight, like if Habib would lose. Like, what would it be like? And the person he compared Habib to was Drawn Wynn. He goes, it's hard to call Drawn Wynn fights. And even John Anik was like, have you ever – like, and then I asked John Anik about DC commentating Habib, and John Anik was like, have you ever seen him commentate Drawn Wynn fight? Like, it's, it was brought up twice. Like, that's how close Drawn Wynn and Daniel Cormier are in terms of their training. Like, there's – if you go to the – I can't remember the YouTube uh, page, so I'm, I apologize. I don't plug it, but they do, like, that documentary series at, about AKA, uh, and they're always – 
like wrestling day is just all Duran Wynn and Daniel Cormier. So it's that's how close they are. I thought <clears throat> I thought Duran's game plan was was spot on. I mean, if you've if you've paid attention to Hoyo's career to this point, the guy is a monster. He's huge. He's powerful, and most of his wins are very quick wins. But if you get him into the second round, especially deep into the second round, and you saw it in the Muniz fight, he gasses badly, yeah, yeah. badly. So Duran was just like, "All right, I'm just gonna keep putting your ass down and making you get back up. As soon as you get back up." Yeah, I'll take a shot. I'm going to put you right back down. And like midway through the second round, Ahoya was done. He was so done. And then by round three, it was nothing he could do. So Duran would do what he had to do. The guy, I mean, yeah. I, I, there is no one on this card who needed a win more than Duran win tonight, if we're being honest. Like he was the guy with everything on the line. He lost, he was gone. And there was no way around it. He knew it. DC knew it. Everybody knew it. And he got the win. So there you go. I had no issue with how he fought. It is very strange seeing him compete, though. Oh, I love Especially that Especially for a guy. That part, that's, the, that's my favorite part about him. <laughs> so much hype coming in, too. It's so much hype coming in here. And he gets into a slugfest with Eric Spicely in his, in his UFC debut. That was so fun. And that was the, that was was the first fun. fight of the night. <laughs> it, was it was fun. The first, like, it was, like, Eric Spicely never recovered. It got cut because he couldn't recover. Didn't like, he have a year later he, he, he's he like con- suffering from depression yeah. because of concussion like concussion fallout and CTE. Like and Eric Spicely, I've said it a million times, he's from Rhode Island, like where, where I'm from, the martial arts community, the jiu-jitsu community put Eric Spicely on a pedestal. Like he does so much for that community in that world. So him getting cut was a huge blow for the Rhode Island martial arts scene and he never recovered. So Drawn Wynn can fight. He's a good fighter. He just missed sure. his weight, and he's just not. I've heard we've all heard it. He's not as uh, what's the word? Um, Discipline. It's hard to keep him in. Like he has the Johnny. Maybe he might have the Johnny Hendrix type s- syndrome, where when he's not in one mm. fight camp, he's super out of shape. Discipline, like we've all yeah. heard those yeah, stories. Yeah. So if Bronwyn gets it all together, he could be a great fighter. The only detriment is he might be a little too short for the division. The spicy fight was crazy. I was a little worried watching that fight though, because Eric Spicely is. Is a good fighter, and he took that fight on super short notice. But Eric Spice is not a striker; like he's not a striker, and he got into a <laughs> slugfest with Eric Spice. It was super fun. Don't get me wrong; it was a great fight. That was a short notice then, fight too. That's how he got back to the UFC. Yeah, so I think freaking Durant. Yeah, Durant went had like three different opponents for that fight. Then he fought Darren Stewart in Boston. Super close fight. He did miss weight, but it was a very close fight. He didn't get the doors blown off him. Gerald Mearshar fight was a very competitive fight until the end. Bob Cook was not happy when after drawn wins lost to darren stewart no he was not <laughs> i'm sure everyone were you at that no i was there for i was gonna say were you at the fight i was there for that that fight back like everyone heard did you i'm sure you audibly heard bob cook talk oh yeah <laughs> everyone heard him they were just like laying into him at the end of it i was like uh, I don't think you should be doing this this close to the media tent, my guy. Like, this is just kind of embarrassing. Maybe it was on purpose to embarrass him. Like, good coaches try to embarrass their their fighters to get them back in shape. But then, like, like you said, Jeremy Charles' fight was looked like a guy who was really short and has, like, six fights against a guy who has a 1,000 fights and is probably the size for the division. And Gerald Mearshart, like, he had a big issue with Duran Wynn heading into that fight, but Mearshart has praised Duran Wynn ever since. Said he surprised him yeah. with how tough he was. Um I mean, Mirsha got the finish in the end, but still. But I, it, it was a pivotal win for him. He needed to get it done, and he did. 
I actually don't. I actually don't think there's an issue of Wynn's height or anything. He's not too small for the division. I mean, obviously he's a 185er. He needs to make the weight. He needs to be more disciplined in between camps. He just like he just needs more. I, I was ex- actually I was I was just expecting more from him coming into the UFC, and I don't know if he's hit a ceiling or just like the discipline thing. But like um, like him just doing wrestling and ground and pound is enough to go very far in the middleweight division. But unfortunately, he's just doing the wrestling without the ground and pound. And yeah, it's, yeah, uh, that was specific. Yeah, it's so. like we all we all heard, like Casey. I'm sure because you, you've been around all these guys forever. We all heard of Daniel Cormier eventually making the jump to MMA, even before he was in Strike Force, because we he was the Olympic wrestling captain, main training partner with Kane. But between when he ended his wrestling career and when he actually made his MMA debut, there was a gap. Like every like UFC's in, like UFC fans' introduction to Daniel Cormier was probably when he was on Josh Koscheck's coaching staff on The Ultimate Fighter. And I don't even think he had a, did he even have an MMA fight at that point. So Daniel Cormier took time, and I just feel like maybe Dronwin may have rushed into the UFC a little too soon. I don't know. But uh, he, Listen, like Casey said, he it, needs it, to do more than just wrestle. There are many reasons why November 24th, 2018 is a terrible date. That was the date that Chuck Liddell fought Tito Ortiz for the third time. That yeah, Golden Boy MMA... Yes, okay. And the the co-main event of that card was Deron Wynn versus Filthy Tom Lawler, and Deron Wynn dominated the fight. Unanimous decision, cruised, and then from there it was like the Deron Wynn show. Oh man, this guy is like a super duper talent. At anybody was he? He was five and zero after that fight. And as soon as that car was over, the UFC like scooped him right up. I wish that event never happened for multiple reasons, (laughs) but. This this is one of them because we got a little more seasoning somewhere else. Like he had fought for Bellator the the fight before that. He might have got like a couple more fights with Bellator, maybe with like a Titan FC or something like that, and got a little more seasoning. Maybe would have been on the Contender Series, like instead of just throwing him right into the UFC. I kind of wish he had more time to grow. But I mean, w- would he get an opportunity to fight in the UFC? Five and zero, four and zero, thirty five and zero. You take it. So I don't blame him for it. Yeah. But I kind of wish he had more time to like. Get more experience. I mean, the guys he was beating on the regional scene, this guy was seven, five, and one, four and seven, three and seven, and making his professional debut before the Tom Lawler fight. Yeah, we, we talk about all the time about man. You, you, there's so many fighters. We wonder how how different could their careers have been if they if they'd come along differently. Um, they got more time in the regional scene. I, I like I feel that way about Chase Hooper right now. Uh, I certainly felt that way about Sage Northcutt uh, after a couple, watching a couple of his UFC fights. I was like, man, what if he had had a chance to build his resume? You know, uh, with with six, seven, eight more fights on the regional scene, just 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 blowing by, you know, blowing through cans or very gradually moving his way up the ladder. But once you get signed to the UFC, it's almost like there's no going back. We've certainly seen cases. There's certainly been exceptions of people who have have uh, flamed out in the UFC, gone back to regionals, won some fights, got, you know, got some life experience, and come back. But it's rare. It's rare for every one of those. There's 10, 15, 20 fighters who they get that one shot at the UFC, and are just never able to get back on the development de- developmental track. Um, if anything, just because it's hard to find opponents who want to fight them when they back, get back to the regional scene, and it's just not worth their or they, or they can't find any comparable pay, and it's just not worth their time anymore. So, Darren Wynn for sure, a perfect example of guys we talk about. So clearly talented, uh, has an elite skill which can take you very very far in MMA. But um, you know, again, once you go from Tom Lawler to some of the guys he's fought in the UFC. It's it's really hard to go back. So yeah, very hard to gauge um, what what's going to be up with Duran uh, Win in the future. I still think it's what too early to tell. For Jeff Delia, what's next for Greg Hardy? Let's talk about Tybura first. 
Yeah. Good. Uh, uh, yeah. Be, you, you and I will talk about it tomorrow, AK. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. But Jose, I mean, sneaky good Marcin Tybora. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, had a rough stretch. Now he's won four fights in a row. He's training with, Gut, with uh, Jan Blachowicz. He's in Vegas from time to time now. Guy is a... Uh, Guy's rolling right now. Finishes Greg Hardy, became an instant hero amongst a lot of MMA fans around the world. What did you think of his performance, and uh, where do you see him going after a big win over Greg Hardy tonight? Top 15. I I tweeted, I just assumed he was ranked just because the UFC heavyweight division is so shallow that just a, a heavyweight with three wins in a row should probably be – three wins in a row, and his most Four. recent win before tonight was over Ben well, – I'm talking before tonight. Oh, sorry. Three wins in a row, and – this is most recent win was over Ben Rothwell. Like I just assumed he had a number next to his name. So when I went to go look and I didn't find him in the rankings, I was like, that's odd. So top 15, probably somewhere in the lower in like the 15 to 10 range, maybe I Blagoy Ivanov. Maybe I know he called for Curtis blades or Derek Lewis, but those guys have to fight him. So not someone in the top five, top sevens, but top 15, like 15 to 10, Ivanov hasn't fought in a minute. Arlovsky's out there. Uh, he already lost to Sakai, if I remember correctly, so not that fight. So, uh, Walt Harris is coming off back-to-back losses, so maybe him too. But, yeah, Tybur looked good in the second round. I think we were all in agreement. We were completely caught off guard by the first round. But, how like, Greg Hardy probably looked better than ever until his asthma and his cardio caught up to him. Uh, so, yeah. Good win, uh, somewhere between 15 to 10, I would say, just because now he should be ranked four wins in a row at heavyweight. Yeah, all in 2020. I didn't realize they were all in 2020. I yeah. thought one of those was the end of 2019. So we're, top five fight guys, our fighter of yeah. the year lists are going to look pretty weird this year. I, it's kind of which, crazy. which we knew. We knew. Yeah, we, yeah, we knew. knew. Yeah. Yeah. Have to be I'm going to ask this. I'm going to ask this because I tweeted it too, and nobody answered me. Is going four and zero against four unranked fighters better than going two and zero? against ranked fighters no no i mean it certainly depends but but for no and and finishing greg hardy not just sure it it, it depends who those unranked fighters are and who those ranked fighters are but i mean obviously we're just speaking sort of abstractly we're talking about the like like overeem has two tkos in the main event of fights and as casey lydon Mm -hmm. and his his rules of mma are the higher the stakes and the higher the caliber of fights the more prominent they're going to be placed in come award season of these fake awards that we give out. So Overeem also had the unfortunate situation of being the first fight back for Walt Harris, which no one, no one wanted that. No one wanted that situation. Cause you're going to, it's an impossible situation. It's an impossible situation. I doubt he wanted it. No one. Like, he it's was impossible. like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I was going to, what I was going to say is yeah. Overeem is the, is the pro that would be able to handle that situation. Oh yeah. So like Overeem to me is the heavyweight fighter of the year just because just because he's two and zero with two finishes. But man, Tyburus, I have sneaky four and zero, and also he looked great against Ben Rothwell. Let's not forget about that. Yep. I I believe the beginning of the year. I think I might have been either. I might have been the, the first fight. This the Spivak fight. I tweeted something like, uh, I cannot remember. Is something like, uh, but Martin Tyburus has X amount of fights in the UFC, a double digit amount of fights, and I can't remember anything about it. He's had a couple of good finishes. So he, I was he being had against Red Doom, didn't he? Does he yeah. have a main event fight what? against Verdum? Main event yeah, against Verdum. Right? Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember any of that fight. No, I don't remember. I, I, I don't know. I know you have a better memory than I do, but I'd be shocked if you remember details of that fight. I don't remember anything. Um, I remember he fought. But he's got it. and got his head cut knocked off by Derek Lewis. 
he's had a very solid uh, UFC career. It's just it is it's the the memorable moments, positive moments for him are are pretty few and far between. Which so for me to say that at the beginning of the year, and guess what? Now he's on a four fight win streak, which is tied, I think, with Ngannou. Uh, who's the other? It's Ngannou and Blades, I think. So no, I, I think he, that is, does Ngannou have four in a row? He's won four in a row, I believe. Okay. Yeah, so I think they're all tied for like the best, you know, the best um, uh, streak right now. Uh, and I, again, I was making jokes. That's pretty memorable. You know, I can I can joke all I want. Um, uh, again, maybe I don't remember all the details of the Maxim Cretion fight or the Sergey Spigorak fight, but four and zero is four and zero. Uh, Greg Hardy is not very good. I think let's let's be honest here. Um, I think today we saw. Casey, you and I are always debating how much does the athleticism um, gap matter that he has between him and his opponents. It still matters a lot. Like I said, it looks like he won the first round. Uh, and against a more experienced guy, I think the athleticism plus the improvements he made matter. Um, but we knew Tabora is just such a more experienced, more well-rounded fighter. We knew if the fight got to the ground, it, it was going to be a wrap. Uh, the only thing I was wondering is how, why didn't he get it there earlier? Probably easier said than done to take a guy like Greg Hardy down. Um, but once he did, it, it was over. So to sort of go to the original Greg question. A, Greg Hardy is a large human. <laughs> he is gigantic. And again, really fast. Again, He's only fast for one round. Sure, but I'm saying yeah, because, yeah, he's fast for one round, and that's exactly what an NFL Pro Bowl defensive exactly. lineman is going to be. They only need I to be fast for three seconds at a time. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's why I, I don't put yeah. that. I put weight, but not like oh, he was in the NFL. This is clearly going to transfer to MMA. Dude, the cardio is so different, especially sure. for someone sure. his but, size. And but I, I don't such think a weapon. Like, he has no weapon. How much that helped? How much that helped him to win fights against guys like Jorgen De Castro? Like Jorgen De Castro is a much better martial artist than Greg Hardy. But guess what? That doesn't matter in an MMA fight necessarily. Right? We're talking a part um, – he's a part-time security guard. I mean, security okay. guard that's fighter. Not, I mean, Jorgen Castro was a good fighter. I mean, that's who, that's who Greg Hardy was dominating yeah. over. But when it comes to martial arts, he is much more experienced in combat sports than Greg Hardy is. Okay, But when you add in the physical gifts that Greg Hardy has, that's how wins – like very convincing wins over guys like DeCastro happen. Um, so I, I'm just saying yeah. athleticism definitely matters, but it can only take you so far. Eventually, you, there's a skill gap too. And the skill gap between someone like Tabura and Hardy, the experience gap, is huge and, and totally overcomes the, you know, the athleticism gap. But again, Hardy won that first round, right? So there's something there. Uh, what's next for him? Honestly, I, uh, I don't think it'll happen. But I – because, again, I think they still – I think Dana White likes him. I think the UFC likes him. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised. He's, he's also a big-ticket item. I think someone told me he made $180,000 he's, he's uh, the, for the he, last – he's not, he's not in the Contender Series contract. How about that? He's making a lot of money. And if we're talking about that 60, that magical number of 60 cuts, I, I would not be surprised if the UFC sees this performance, the kind of way he just kind of rolled over and, and gave up. Uh, he had no ground game, no concept. You're right. And you guys are right. He's probably just freaking exhausted. He's, maybe he's kind of a draw. I, I still don't know if that's proven. They keep putting him on main cards. I don't know how much of a draw he is uh, other than the draw they're kind of trying to manufacture. We're talking about him certainly, but I mean, is that enough to keep a guy who costs six high, uh, high, like 180 grand, almost 200 grand a fight when that could sign like 15 contender series guys with that money? I don't know what's next, but if he got released, I wouldn't be surprised. Let's put it that way. He ain't getting released. No way. No way. Crazy talk. Crazy talk. If anything, they'll be like, they'll just use this performance in the exact top sway. Oh, he looked really good in the first round. That he could get better. If there, if there, not that he just became a different fighter. It's they'll just they'll just point at very specific things that everyone else sees as a detriment. And take, like, I think, look, Brock Lesnar got beat up for one round and won. He still won. 
I think they go two ways with this. One, they give him a guy like Parker Porter. Yeah. Which would be fun. And Parker Porter would be all for that. Or they give him a guy like Tanner Bozier, who the UFC like sees a lot in. And it's kind of like a win-win for them either way. Because they still – I mean, they see value in Greg Hardy. He creates buzz, creates controversy, good or bad, mostly bad. That's just what it is. When Greg Hardy's on a card, it's always on a main card, and people talk about that. So give him Bozer. Bozer has a chance to become a sort of an instant hero. I mean, he has the Arlovsky loss on his record. They're both coming off of losses. I'm okay with that. So you either go that route or you give Hardy a big step back and, you know, give him a – a guy like Parker Porter or something like that. That's that's what I think they do. I don't think they give him like a big, a huge name or anything like that. No. Yeah, I agree. With, I agree with Mike. Um, uh, yeah, Tabor, give him someone, you know, someone top 15. I don't know, whoever. There's no real prime matchup for him, just someone good. And uh, yeah, whoever's the whoever's at the bottom end of UFC heavyweight rankings right now, that's definitely who Greg Hardy should fight because they're not going to get rid of him. They put, they've invested too much time into him just to get rid of him off, yeah. one, off, off this off this loss. And a bad loss. And, but, money, and, yeah. and money, I guess. Yeah, they got money. Yeah, so <laughs> but don't expect it. But don't expect to see him in fights with like Juan Espino or Alexander Romanov. Like you're not going to see any of that. Like you know who's that, English, who's that English cat, that heavyweight prospect? Oh, uh, uh, he's undefeated. Uh, Aspinall, yeah, he's real yeah, good. No. Aspinall, you don't want to, you don't want that. He, for no, exactly. I uh, put him in that group of like heavyweight. Like people talk about how shallow the heavyweight division is. Like, mm-hmm. there's some really good heavyweight prospects out there. Like Cyril Gaon. Sure. Doc is, like, is too. It's like, yeah, yeah. Doc, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Like Cyril Gaon, I think we can all agree is kind of like the the peak of these prospects right now because he's kind of cr- broke through that ceiling. He's no longer a prospect. There's some awesome heavyweight prospects on the up and up right now. Is this true? For sure. If uh, if uh, if this guy is still, I think I don't know if he's officially been cut yet. But uh, if they want to keep this guy around, uh, Greg Hardy and Rocky Martinez. There you go. There's your Greg Hardy matchup. Uh, <laughs> if you want to see him, if you're a fan of his, and you want to see him get back on track. And by the way, Rocky is, uh, is is really fun to watch. But um, I do think that yeah, that's yeah. That, they would, that they would think is favorable for for Greg Hardy. Maybe they'd be wrong, but I'm I'm sure on, on paper it would be. I feel a little dirty. That would be oh. that would be super interesting because Rocky can take a punch man he yeah, can take a he shot and he gets and he's got pretty good cardio like he gets to a third round he's he's fine so that'd be that would actually be a really interesting fight i feel a little dirty but, but i want to see greg hardy versus john belante that was the other i, I saw look at that name too but, 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 but i don't want them to actually fight the first round i want them just to kind of run around in circles do a bunch of burpees so when they start the second round i want them like completely yeah. exhausted i don't want i don't want to see yeah. full cardio either one i just want to see ex- two exhausted men Did you see how tired yeah. greg hardy was during the hand raise i thought he was going to yeah. heave over and throw up when tybar got his yeah, hand raise and what like, if they uh what if ovin saint Prue hops up to heavyweight Let's do a couple of football players throwing down in there. I like that. I like that. He would kill Greg Hardy. Like, yeah, he would kill Greg Hardy. Yeah. He would kill Greg Hardy. Over St. Prue is also like, do you remember when he headlines was it against Glover in Nash? Was it in Nashville and did that whole package of him going to like back to the Tennessee football? Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the, the he stadium. was not anything <laughs> on the Tennessee Volunteers football team. And they have him sitting in the <laughs> locker room and his jersey's up next to Peyton Manning and then like Todd Helton jerseys next. I'm like, what is this? Like Ovin St. Prue was like, <laughs> I bet if you went to anyone in the that ever played for Tennessee, they couldn't name you who Ovin St. Prue was. Like Greg Hardy was far and away a better football player than Ovin St. Prue. And OSP is a far and away better uh, MMA fighter than Greg Hardy. 
Let's make it happen. They're trying to make him like the Ron Simmons of the UFC. Because Ron Simmons had that uh, at Florida State pedigree, but he was like an All-American yeah, yeah, yeah. at Florida State. Yeah. Nope. Right. Terry Crews over in Hollywood. Thank you for the question, oh, yeah. Natalie Duran. Thank you for the question. Um, another question. Casey. Oh, you know what? How long have we been? How long? Any questions have we been answering? Huh. There we go. Thank you. Uh, Tristan has been spamming yeah. this question. Wait, in is the this chat. a new? A new, a new? Is this a new avatar? A new user photo? By Tristan Gordet? I believe it is. Look at him. Tristan, are you glowing? Are you glowing up? As the kids say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts your, on Jimmy Flick's oh, sorry. <laughs> flying triangle choke? Let me let, let me start here. Um, oh, I, I, I will be an open book. I thought Cody Durden was going to run right through Jimmy Flick tonight. I really did. In the early stages of that fight, I was looking pretty darn good with my with my thoughts on that fight. But Durden made a mistake. Just didn't he did he did exactly what he didn't want to do and you knew it. Soon as he started like moving his spine downwards towards the mat when Jimmy Flick was falling backwards, he knew he was done. He knew it. It's a wrap. So, huge win for Jimmy Flick. He comes through Serious guy, deserved a bonus. Uh, AK, let me start with you. Where do we put this one? Because I think the submission of the year overall for award season, it's AJ McKee, and there's like no one really close to that. Sure. But in terms of the UFC, where do you rank this submission in terms of like best submissions of the year? Man, it was really good. It was really, it was really, I just, you know, we, we, uh, and it's, it's, it's great because it's one of those ones that lived up to what we expected, you know? And by the way, Mike, you know, Durden was winning the fight up to that point. I mean, Durden looks super sharp. It's not, it's not like, it's not like Durden should be disappointed. He knows he got caught. He, uh, he, you know, afterwards you could see, you could see how mad he was, uh, not at anyone, but himself. You could see uh, the post fight. He was so mad at himself. Um, but it was such, it was so perfectly executed by Flick. He knew what he wanted to do. He said, "Man, this guy, if this, you could, is a, he 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 was like a spider. You know, he caught him in the web. It's like if this guy catches my leg, um, I've, I've got him. Uh, and sure enough, he does kick. Like it's caught, throws it right up. Uh, flying triangle, very rarely seen flying triangle. I believe people said the, the only the third uh, in UFC history. The other Pablo Garza and uh, Pepe Godofredo Pepe." So very rare. I think it's a top three. I got to admit, my list is a work in progress. I, like you said, I, I don't know if anything was talking to AJ McKee, but I could see it making the top three. Recency bias, of course, always huge when we talk about these things. So I'm very high on it. Uh, and I just love that. I just love that. I, I see Flick as being the kind of guy who uh, ha- has an identity, you know, much like a, uh, I'm going to throw the name out there, like a Ryan Hall. Not on that level, of course. There's only one Ryan Hall, but someone who every time he goes out, <laughs> But someone who every time he goes out there, cool name first of all, Jimmy Flick, and and has a gimmick. People will be like, "Oh, this is the, this is the crazy submission guy. This is the guy who maybe you know winterly. You might see an Eminari roll in there. You might see a flying triangle. We now know that that's in play. Flying armbar, something, right? Um, and that's and that's a great place to be. So he made a really big impact coming out the Contender Series. Huge impact in his debut. Uh, yeah, great one. And maybe what I think a top three submission uh, when our when our all the voting is said and done of the year, of twenty twenty. What did you think of Flick's performance, Jose? Awesome. I mean, I picked him at the very last minute on our fight Q&A, so I looked like a genius, but I didn't. I picked that with no uh, confidence whatsoever. But, I mean, I'm always in for flying fill-in-the-blank when it comes to submissions inside the octagon. If it's, fight of the, if it's submission of the year, um, probably not. Maybe top five, but I would probably put it four or five. If anything, I still hold Habib's submission over Justin Gaethje in high regards, considering 
the stakes and it was against Justin Gaethje and it was, you know, Habib's last, he was 29 and 0, but AJ McKees, I think is a no brainer. Uh, Kellerhurst was awesome. Uh, Charles Oliveira's over Kevin Lee was awesome. I'm just trying to think of some off the top of my head. Um, Diego, Diego Fajed is over Anthony Pettis was awesome. There's a lot of good ones. Um, uh, Alzheimer's Sterling putting Corey Sanhagen in a literal sleep was awesome. But yeah, Flick's up there. I just really have to sit down and think about it, but top five, top seven, maybe. I just thought about uh, Lipsky. 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 Yeah, thank you. I know. Lipsky. I said. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I read Casey. I think Casey channeled that to, to us mm-hmm. mentally because suddenly the image of that about, leg being um, twisted just filled my brain. Mackenzie Dern too. Yeah, I was about to say Mackenzie's over Cyphers because oh. that was like the full no, I, I, I think Dern over Marcos. I thought that was a better one, um, but whatever. But, but wasn't Cyphers yeah. a record for like it was like the first legs lock submission and something like that for In fastest history? Yeah. So anytime you break, yeah, anytime you. That anytime you break a record, I kind of give it a little nod up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a fantastic submission, technically perfect, um, just great submission. But uh, not not it, it it might break the top five um, for submissions of the year for the UFC um, only. But uh, no, I'm just but freaking flyweights. Look at those flyweights. Yeah. So good. So, so good. good. Yeah, I'm excited. I just, you know, I'm I'm excited about um, Mr. Flick. Seems like a good personality, exciting fighter, and a, I, a welcome addition to the uh, UFC flyweights. Just got to get a stand up and check though, if he yeah. wants to move up. For sure, he's got. But, but, but that's what I kind of like. That's what I kind of like about some of these one dimensional guys. Though. I'm like, you know, it's a throwback, right? It's a throwback to oh again. And look, look, we have guys that can only wrestle. Why can't we? Well, I should know. I, I know the answer to this question, but <laughs> it's kind of cool when it's like some guy just you know what he wants to do, and it's his one his one route to victory. And sometimes you can't even stop him, right? I, th- I, I think I should get Jimmy. I think I'm going to get. I'm going to try to get Jimmy Flick on what the heck this week. Please, I don't want to, please, to please do. Him, we need, man. We need to know what's going through this man's head when he thinks to throw a technique like that in his friggin' UFC debut. You know what I mean? Savage. Such a savage move. <laughs> what do you think? Like, what are, how long have we been going, Casey? About 90 minutes. Um, okay. What? Hour, hour and 20. We're, going, we're one hour and 24 minutes. Holy crap. Yeah. All right. We'll do one more question, then we're getting okay. out of here. One more question. I don't okay. want, uh, All right. I don't want the right. hours to be. I want to find a new question. Let me see what we got here. Come on, guys. Give me a good question. No pressure. No pressure on this last week. Viewers, you've had some amazing questions uh, tonight already. So great job. It's all gravy now. You guys have already you guys have already carried the show uh, with your amazing questions. Some of the comments uh, that I'm reading a little rude, but, uh, you know, hey, we, <laughs> we keep it real around here. I got plenty of time to cry. I got plenty of time to cry tomorrow, guys. Don't worry about it. I got a whole Sunday. To, you know, Sunday's for crying. That's, uh, that's why I always uh, that's why I spend my Sundays. So. Well, Dude, I love waking well, up and just crying on Sunday. It's my best. It's the yeah, best. I just, just think about up. all the comments that I've just read scary, about yeah. us and just like. While we, while we try to find one more great question, just wanted to, to shout out the rest of the, the winners tonight. Christos uh, Giagos, short mm. notice, three days yeah. notice. It's the win over Carlton Minus. Uh, Tafan and Chukwi with a successful Yo. UFC debut win. And Chukwi was real impressive. Uh, yep. Sorry, sorry, Mike. I don't want to stop your run here, but I just want to say he came in with people. He was one of the biggest favorites in the card. So obviously there's this expectation. If anyone saw him was like, oh, this is a guy who's just going to like come out like a truck swinging and be a you know, first round knockout. And he did that, but also adapted as the fight went on and had a lot of controlled aggression. He looked very advanced. 
uh, for a guy in just his fifth pro fight. So I was more impressed by him going the distance and winning a, a convincing decision uh, against a, a very game, a picket, but Jamie Pickett actually I thought fought really well tonight as well, uh, than him just coming out some 15-second, 25-second flash knockout. Obviously, that's a great moment. That would tell us a lot as well. But getting this amount of data, 15 minutes, of seeing a prospect that fight, real, real impressive. So great debut for Jukwe. Agreed. Uh, I was really impressed with Tyler Santos as well. Good win over yes. Jalen Robertson. I, yes. The fact the fact of that fight played on the feet for like 30 seconds of the 15 minutes was unbelievable to me. And Tyler Santos just dominated Jillian Robertson on the ground the entire mm-hmm. time. She has herself in – there were some tough positions there, but Santos stayed, stayed so composed in those moments. She's legit, man. I She's think so. legit. I think so. Yeah, I, 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 was, I, was, I was hoping we were going to talk about her. Yeah, I was – I was. I've been. What, what was Santos's last victory? Was it McCann? Was that Molly McCann? That was the McCann. Yeah. Fight. So that's two fights in a row. Has she had trouble making flyweight before? It's. I feel, I feel I don't like. Think so. Or okay. So she's I don't think so. okay. So she's not one of those like. Well, if she can make flyweight, she's great. Um, no, I like her a lot. I, she has a lot of potential. I don't know how good she is, but I definitely see her in the top ten. And um, I think we're gonna be. Um, I think she's gonna be around for a while. I think she's gonna be a contender. And. Um, yeah, like she, like, like Robertson was doing great in the ground, was putting her submissions. But yeah, like you said, Santos handled it. She was in submissions. She worked her way out and and got out of them and stayed in a dominant position. Very impressive. Very impressive. I was picking Robertson to kind of dominate on the ground, and I was wrong. There was a lot of hype around Tyler Santos coming into the UFC off the Contender Series, and then she, dude, she laid she laid such an egg against Mara Romero Barella. Like what a, a terrible deal. debut that was. It was bad. Split I'm decision. sorry. It was horrible. It was a horrible debut. Yeah. She, she almost stole she it. Just, yeah. She was just like, I was like, what are you doing? What What is happening right now? But she seems yeah. maybe those octagon jitters are as legit as, you know, Joe Rogan likes to talk about. But, um, man, she's come back in a big way. The McCann fight was super impressive. That was yeah. an eye opener. And then to do that to Jillian Robertson, she's on her way. Um, she could be a wild card pick for on to the next one yeah. very easily. Could be. Could be. She could be. Do we have anything else, Casey? Or Casey, did we have that last question? Oh yeah, last question. But was we because we didn't even mention it. Um, my biggest shocker of the night, honestly, was Panny Kinzad. I thought really? Eubanks. Oh, Panny Kinzad. I thought I thought I thought Eubanks. I mean, I've I've always thought Eubanks was very good, and we just she just kind of despite her record, she just kind of never hit that potential. And I, I I feel like every fight, oh, this is the fight where Eubanks is really gonna like show it. And I thought, I thought, mm-hmm. and like, I, I, I like Panic Inside. She thinks she's an exciting fighter, but I never really thought of her as an elite bantamweight. And man, she just, she works, she's getting better. She's just getting better. And um, I don't think Panic Inside is going to be fighting for a title, but I thought she was going to get whooped up tonight and she did great. I was, I was impressed. Just want to give yep. her a shout she out. She learned a lot. She learned a lot from the Julia Avila fight. She yeah. got beat up Annie, pretty badly in that fight. Annie's only lost to like very high level fighters in the UFC. Yeah. Yeah, and it, yeah, and and her Invicta, yeah, her losses in general, yeah, yeah. Her UFC debut was a featherweight too. Let's not forget. Well, yeah, because to get the whole tough thing, yeah, yeah. Ultimate, ultimate fighter, yeah. yeah. Um, so last uh, last question, we talked about Pereira, but did we mention what we want next for Chaos? What's nice? Well, this question isn't because this question says what's what's nice for Michelle and Chaos. Oh, then oh, uh, I don't, an edible one of those edible arrangements. A one healthy twenty twenty one. Yes, that would be nice. Since we probably won't be talking about this, AK, 
let's yeah. uh let's give the folks a little preview of on to oh, next one. what is next for, for one chaos williams because i mean i don't think you can go oh, wrong good. but anything stick out to you <sighs> i see i need a lot of research before no okay i'll say um I don't think he like, I mean, again, he almost kind of won tonight, right? So it wasn't like a bad performance at all. Uh, I do wonder how the matchmakers are going to view him. Uh, I certainly wouldn't treat it as a win. We've seen, we've seen matchmakers do that sometimes where fight is, uh, if they thought it went the wrong way, they'll say, oh, we essentially book it like a win and move him up. So I don't know if we got to go that far, but um, I've got, I'm looking at my rankings here. What is up with Song Kanan? Where'd he go? I know that seems kind of random, but that's, I'm just saying I have them in that, that general vicinity. That's a that's a good question. I want to say I think he's Max, booked. I think Max Griffin might be interesting. It's a little bit, you know, quite a bit more uh, UFC experience, but I like the matchup though. I'm just throwing yeah, it out there. My, my answer, my answer on, on the uh, on the next one show will probably be very different. But again, I, I I'm not. I know people are like, oh, what you know? Why, I'm sure they're thinking, I don't know who these people are. Why are you kind of naming these random names? I think we need to dial it back with Cas Williams. I, I I don't. I'm not a fan of someone getting two big knockouts or whatever, uh, and just and just shooting them up the rankings. I know it's fun to do. I know it's fun. It's why you know we have a matchmaking show. We should just be picking fun matchups, but. Let's scale it back. I think there were deficiencies uh, shown in this fight, whether you thought he won or not. I, I do think there were deficiencies shown. I'd, I'd like to scale it back. I just want to see him facing something a little, uh, you know, a little more closer to him in, in, uh, in experience. Pajero was a good matchup, so yeah, I'm saying stick stick with that. I'm not looking to throw him in there with a UFC veteran. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, who who, who they, they, they're, they're not pushing chaos. I feel like he's got appropriate fights every every single time. Oh no, I'm just saying. I think people again. If we see like the responses when we do throw out like, "Oh, who's next for Cas Williams after his last fight?" People just throw out wild stuff. Those are like top fifteen, top twenty guys, and it's like, settle down. We're all very excited. He looks like a very. He's a very promising fighter. Let's let's scale it back to someone again. Maybe a name that's not going to pop off the page, but there's all kinds of. Uh, well, it's a very deep division. There's all kinds of people within his range that I think are good logical matchups for him. It's easy because he. Sankanan is fighting Max Griffin March twentieth. You're joking, and I just named both of them. <laughs> well, yep. It's, it's I, easy. I have the answer. I have the what, answer to this question, by the what way. What about? Oh, okay. ahead, Just I'll throw it out there. But is where, where would you put? Is Brandon Moreno too high or too low for chaos? Brandon Moreno? Not Brandon. Moreno. Brandon Moreno is a flyweight. They already Alex Moreno. Sorry, Alex Moreno. You know, we've been doing Oh my God! You're right. They already in Houston rematch. That's what I mean. Those chaos is kind of in this weird spot where like. Like you want to kind of push him back in the line, but Moreno just fought freaking Pettis, you know. So yeah, you know what I mean. Like he lost, but yet I don't know. It's like matchmaking is very odd. <laughs> yeah. So chaos, chaos Williams just fought yeah. twice. In, what twice in like two months? Like he had a really quick turnaround. Like he got one of the knockouts of the year, and then like four days later, he was already booked to fight Michelle Bahad on this card. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. give him some time. Let him let him heal up a little bit. There is a gentleman who has needed to heal up himself, kind of had a health scare, looks to be turning coming around. Chaos Williams versus Brian uh, Brian Barberina is the fight to make. Oh. Is that too high? Let those I two think, just get in there and I, yeah, I, 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 AK, yeah, you were just thing. talking about don't don't give him a veteran. Don't that's give why, him yeah, I don't I don't love that one either. I, I, I didn't say it. Mike bought me by my best friend, but I don't speak for him, okay? All right. We have different we have, we have different opinions on things, all right? I don't support yeah. everything he says for best friends. You you are DMing me right now saying that is a great decision, not, Mike. Yeah, like we, we have a private chat and you're just like Jose Jose has a thought. Jose. Save us. What do you like? Save us. Daniel Rodriguez. 
Ooh, I like yeah, that one too. I like that. They both we they both had a hype. They both lost. They both I lost to like game love opponents. It. Like they don't have anything to hang their head on losing. So it's a fun fight. They both also don't talk a lot. Like they're just two intimidating cats that break break on people. Do it. Dwight Grant, he didn't doesn't he lost to Daniel Rodriguez? Is that his last fight? He's coming off an L two. Yeah, like, he, he's got anyone he's, in there. Yeah, he just got he yeah. just lost the fight because of the coach. He's supposed to fight this weekend. He's supposed uh, to fight today, I think. David uh, Grant. Oh, last week. Guess we got to biff that one. Do we have a non-matchmaking question to go yeah, out on? Yeah, non-matchmaking. <laughs> we biffed it a little bit. We biffed it a little bit. But again, the UFC I doesn't make it. fights that we want. Right, exactly. You we can name all the rounds. What is a non-match? I don't want to talk about the Gentlemen, it is too much asked, to talk about the lawsuit. I know everyone was like, lawsuit, yeah, yeah. lawsuit. I asked, I asked. And there's nothing to say. Honestly, there's not a lot to say about it. If yeah, you can read the articles. Yeah, it's, it's a thing. No, no, not just that. It's, ask- it's that it's an in-progress case. There's yeah. really nothing we can speculate on that's going to give you more information, unfortunately. I did ask Chaos, and he no-sold it, about the James Krause matchup because him and Buckley are teammates, and it seems like the only reason this fight isn't being made is because Krause wants it at 170 and Buckley wants it at 185, and neither seems to be bending. Chaos is at 170. Why don't you just step oh. in there and, and do the damn thing? Chaos knows all. He goes, dude, those two have their own beef. Ain't my business. Let them, <laughs> yeah. let them just like but you and I, Mike, just because we're best friends. Yeah. We're best friends. We don't have the same. Agree. We don't agree on everything. We don't have the same enemies. You know, yeah. We don't fight each other's battles. Right. Right. Exactly. We're just like Chaos Williams. We're the Chaos Williams and Joaquin Buckley of the MMA uh, media. That's right. Do we have anything else? Or are, we all, are we all good? Um, of course. Yeah, I think we're good. I think we're gonna have to watch. Yeah, I think, okay. I, I, I think we've done. Okay. Listen, we're gonna have we'll have tons of programming talking about this card, so don't you yes. freaking worry about it. If you have more questions, bring them in. Bring them on Wednesday for the A side live chat with. Uh, Thank you, everyone. Jose, yeah. Thank you. Everyone we appreciate watching. all of you. Lots of post fight shows. What is this? Twenty four in a row. Twenty four Saturdays in a row. We did this. I think that's right. Yes. Yep. Twenty four in a row. This was it. Jesus, and uh, it's been an honor and a privilege here in 2020. I feel like we're saying goodbye. We're just saying so long until we, until January 16th, where we do this all over again when Calvin Cater and Mac Holloway do the damn thing, and that's gonna be a hell of a fight. So I'm excited for that. So uh, in the meantime, me and AK will see you probably tomorrow if you're a subscriber to the podcast network. For on to the next one. If not, you'll get it Monday. But for Jose, Casey Lydon, AK, I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody. Thanks for watching us for the post-fight show. Final one in 2020. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 
Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.